it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. And I have no idea what episode this is because Bart and I are actually recording early. Uh, Let's see, today might be December 21st, uh, 2019 when we're recording, but I don't know when I'm going to play it. And you guys never pay attention to the episode numbers anyway, as Bart says they're fictitious, right? Yeah, they're entirely optional, uh, hypothetical, theoretical, wh- whatever. Random uh, sometimes. Random. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm tempted to just say that I'm always episode 42. <laughs> there you go. So this is uh, an, a light episode, so this has nothing to do with uh, programming by stealth, right? What are mm-hmm. we going to talk about today? I just wanted to give you an update on the various tech things I've talked to you in previous lights, uh, because I, I was joking that I was going to buy nothing this Black Friday. <laughs> and that went spectacularly not to plan, and I spent 500 euro on <laughs> stuff. But did you get so, a good deal? I got a, I, I think in total it's about 30% off. So nice. I, I have all of my teching done for quite some time at a really good price. Excellent, excellent. And it was kind of coincidence because basically stuff broke and I was stupid all on the week leading up to Black Friday. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I should just do that now. Yeah. Um, I managed to put one of my favorite bike lights into a pocket that wasn't deep enough. And it was in there when I left the house and it wasn't in there 50 kilometers later. Oh, and you love those lights. I do love those lights. So I use that as an excuse to buy the upgrade I've had my eye on for a while. So I guess, oh, I guess I'm I accidentally the first here. I accidentally put it in that wrong pocket, huh? Right, yeah. Well, no, I, I genuinely did because if I had run out of batteries, I could have been in big trouble. Ah, but luckily I didn't. Uh, so the first, yeah. So the first two things I want to talk about are an update to the bike tech episode, which is quite recent actually. It was only a few months ago. Um, so I recommended wholeheartedly the Cat Eye series of USB powered bike lights of all shapes and sizes and I continue with that recommendation and have now doubled down on it mm. um, so I have cat eye front and rear adapters on every single bike they all use the same mounting kit so it doesn't matter what model of light I buy they all fit on every bike in the house now they're all USB rechargeable so they all charge in the little USB port I have in the kitchen thank you Hilma um, and it's just so convenient. So sometimes I need a light to be seen, and then I grab one of the ones that's, you know, it's not particularly powerful as a, as a headlight, but it's, you know, a good flasher. Sometimes I need to see, in which case I grab one of the, you know, the 400 lumen uh, ones designed to be headlights. They're, they're much bigger and heavier. But whatever I need, I grab and it clips onto whatever bike I want. So absolutely perfect. So I continue to love them all. Um, but what I've had my eye on for a while is the Cati Volt 400 Duplex. That's a great in, in name. Show notes. <laughs> but do you want to guess what the duplex might mean? Uh, goes two directions? It does go two directions. At the same it has time. A red light and a, at the same time, it has a rear-facing red light and a front-facing white light, and it's designed to mount on the top of your helmet. Oh, Okay. Uh, which has the amazing advantage that instead of you seeing where your handlebars happen to be pointed, you see where you are actually looking. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they're often very closely aligned, but not actually aligned. But like if you're coming up in an intersection and you you see, you want to look over to see somebody coming, you want to look there, not where your bike is already going, right? Uh, Right. And when you're coming up to a corner, you want to look around the corner, but you don't want to turn before the corner because then you'll crash. Right. So you're pointing at the hedgerow, 
<laughs> well, you'd really like to be looking around the corner to see if there's any potholes coming. So it's actually really quite nice that wherever I look now, I see where I'm going. Uh, the 400 means 400 lumen. Holy so that's cow. quite a bright headlight. Yeah, yeah. I don't use it at that setting. Um, basically, it has a 100, 200, and 400 setting. Uh, I use it at the 100 setting, which is more than enough because I actually have it aimed about 10 yards in front of me. So oh, okay. basically, I, I hit the road about 10 yards in front, which is, it's a very wide beam. So the center of the beam is 10 yards in front, but I still see all the road signs 100, 200 yards ahead. Oh, nice. Uh, but that's perfect for spotting potholes and things. Let me make a suggestion. If you ever see somebody coming at you that you don't think they can see you, wiggle your head a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and from behind, well, so, right? If they see this red light flying around. Yeah. Um, actually, the really nice thing is they're, inter they're independently controllable. So they're both multifunction. So the front one can be 400, 200, 100, or a strobing 100, which basically means it's running at 100 and then strobing up to 400 oh, wow. impulses. And plain old flasher. And then the rear one can be flashing or constant at a few different rates. Okay. And uh, is it, how many lumens in the back? Do you know? I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. I wonder does it say on the website, which I do have it linked in the... There's only two modes uh, for the rear. But because I'm using it at the, uh, at the lower setting, um, this thing's battery seems to go on forever because I've had it for... Like, I've used it for five two-hour cycles and I'm still on the first charge. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Let's see, it, it claims six hours. Oh no, charging time is six hours. I wow. believe that, yeah. Yeah. So how does it connect to the helmet then? So it comes with a mounting thingy which has a Velcro strap by default, but the Velcro strap is removable, and when you remove it, you have the perfect openings for zip ties. So I used the Velcro strap for a first day or two to figure out where on the helmet I would like it to be and how it would fit well and, you know, how it would be most comfortable. And then once I figured out what I wanted, I took the Velcro off and I zip tied that guy right tight in place. So it's going through like the slots, the air hole slots that are in the top of the helmet? Precisely that. And so depending on the exact shape of your helmet, you'll have a few different options for where it goes. The Velcro strap is very adjustable. So you may you may go two very close together holes or you may actually go really wide apart holes. It's it's really quite flexible. So dumb, and obviously when you go the zip tie route. Dumb you know, question. Why why would you why are zip ties better than uh the Velcro? Because no matter how hard I try to tighten Velcro, I can tighten zip ties tighter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if that was it. Okay. And also, I tend to be a clumsy fecker, so I tend to bump into things. So I have, a, I have like, you know, my helmet, my, my two bicycle helmets are hanging behind the door on a coat rack, and I have a habit of bumping into them. And when they were Velcro mounted, I, they, they, I'd knock them loose. They're all cattywampus when you go to put them on. Yeah, and I don't like that. You know, you hit a, you, you hit a pothole, and you, you know the world vibrates a bit as your headlight is wobbling. So, no, that's not good. Uh, but I have to say that the Velcro was actually fine if I didn't do silly things with it, but. Zip ties. I like zip ties. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so really happy with that. And then the other thing I bought for the bike since we last oh, wait, talked. Wait, about how much a, was that? Uh, or how about much are they now? About 70-ish euro, I think. That's oh, that's not bad. Oh, yeah, no, the, the, they're actually really quite do you know, quite reasonable, the, the cat eye stuff. Like, because they are very high quality. And apart, I've, I have never had one stop working. I've only lost them. <laughs> So there was one attached to my stolen bike, uh. and I lost the one. And I have, other than that, I have I have never had one die of old age. 
they I just they die of stupidity on my part. <laughs> so that's you know I'm really happy with them. Uh, the second thing I bought them for the bike is actually from a company I learned about on the Nocilicast. Oh. Um, and if if I was if I was as good at remembering names, Joe Duganzik, maybe. I do believe it might have been actually the wing lights were the product yes. that uh, the Nocilic Castaway recommended, and I really wanted those, but unfortunately, my favorite rearview mirror mounts in the same way, and you can only shove one thing down the end of your handlebars at a time. And I preferred my rearview mirror, right. so I decided not to buy the wing lights. But I did really like the company when I went to their website, and I have sort of kept an eye on them, and I did buy their arm-mounted um, jogging, uh, walking, and cycling mirror, which is kind of cool. And because I bought stuff off them, I sort of I, they sent me special offers from time to time, and a lot of them, you know, I'm, I'm happy they do. And they sent me one for Black Friday with 30% off on a product I've definitely had around for a while, which is a waterproof backpack cover. Oh. Because huh. it's winter in Ireland and I cycle in and out of work and it is not a matter of if I'm going to get rained on, but when <laughs> I'm going to get rained on. And while I adore my Crumpler laptop backpack and it is pretty, it's water resistant and it wasn't advertised as being waterproof. It was, you know, I don't even think they claimed it was water resistant, but it's actually pretty good apart from the zippers. But that's kind of difficult if they're not partic- specifically, you know, right. expensive Made, waterproof ones. Right. So it's okay to get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a shower, but on an actual rainy day, you end up with water coming in through the zippers and that's just not good. So... I wanted a, now the, one of the things I love about the backpack is that it has a six inch high luminous orange strip as part of the backpack. So it's basically designed for cycling with because it's already a high vis backpack, which is great. But it, so if I bought a rain cover, I definitely didn't want to lose my visibility just by going for a rain cover. So I wanted it to be high vis and I wanted it to be in some way foldable so that I could keep it in the bag always because... You never know what the weather's going to do in Ireland. So I needed to be able to have it in the mornings. You know, I just have it in the bag so that even if I leave the house in the morning, it's all good. If it starts raining at five o'clock, I can get home dry. Yeah, not not particularly so, useful sitting at home when you're out. <laughs> exactly. Sort of defeating the purpose. Exactly. So they had 30% off. So I bought their cover. And it's basically, it's like like rain jackets were when I was a kid. It's reversible into a pouch. So it's first off, it's bright orange. Nice. And as if that wasn't reflective enough, it actually has those really, really highly reflective silver strips on it as well. So it's orange background with highly reflective patterning. So it's proper high vis. Actually, they even have a little clip, a little strap on it designed for clipping a rear cycling light too. So if your backpack were to cover up your backlight, you could actually move your backlight and clip it onto the back of the cover, which is clever. And because it's reversible into the pouch, when you reverse it, you get a free pocket. <laughs> because the pouch becomes a zippable pocket. I like it. So it's, yeah, it's extremely clever. And it also has a detachable like strap that goes, that you basically feed under the arm straps of the backpack. And then you clip it back onto the, the other side of the cover. So that thing can't go anywhere, which is really nice. Because other ones I've seen are just basically... They have a, 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 a an elasticated edge and you sort of, you know, put that around the four sides of your backpack and hope for the best. 
And I haven't found that to work very well because the shoulder straps on my backpack are at the very, very top. So they tend to nudge the top of covers off when I put them on my shoulder. And so because this loops in underneath the, the shoulder straps of the backpack, that can't happen. Oh, you know, it's almost like these people ride bikes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you, know? you really, some companies, you don't get the impression they ever try their products. And these guys, you know, they're cyclists. Right. You've had that conversation with your devices, right? Going, did you people actually try this ever once? <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, so many times. It, yeah. So as I said, that's my update for bike stuff. Not Nothing earth shattering, but really like still, both of them, actually. Yeah. I, I, there isn't anybody listening who doesn't like a bag. Right. I mean, it's it's almost like yeah. it's an, a side lobe addiction that comes with the whole tech thing. We just love covers and backpacks and stuff. And cases and like, oh, yeah, yeah. my Samsonite case. Like, I can't see a silver case, a silver hard case without wanting one. I have no actual <laughs> need of bringing oh. equipment with perfectly molded insides anywhere. I, I need I need a Pelican case real bad for nothing in my house. <laughs> Yep. I almost bought some LED lights because they came in a Pelican case. I didn't need the lights either. <laughs> a bunch of my photography gear is in a Pelican case because I can. It moves from my shelf to my desk to take stuff out to my shelf to my desk to my shelf. I never take it anywhere. But you love it, don't you? I do. And I and I spent a lot of time cutting and you know, removing all the different inserts to get the perfect shape for every lens and everything. But... <laughs> No uh, need. If like. you ever do need to go, you know, rock climbing, carrying it, you'll be good, right? Yes. <laughs> if I ever get into studio shooting, I need to bring gear somewhere. I have a case. So, uh, by the way, I'm, uh, Bart has links to all everything uh, in uh, like .co.uk, and I'm adding to it, not removing those, but adding the U.S. ones. And interesting enough, Cycle is at cycle.bike for the U.S. Ooh. That's a nice URL. Yeah, I thought so. Why did they go for .co.uk for CYCL? Uh, sorry? Why did they, I wonder why they went for a .co.uk when they could have just used .bike for everything. Yeah, well, I'm not entirely certain you couldn't because I noticed below the um, uh, English explanation of the backpack cover, it says something mm. in a language I can't read. Aguingi a la lista de desideri. And below that has that a European seems... symbol and a, and a uh, or euro symbol and a dollar symbol. So this might actually be both. Huh, cool. Except Either way, CYCL is the company, which I guess you pronounce Cycle. Um, and they also actually, I didn't buy it because I actually have enough um, similar things already in my gear bag. Uh, but they do a really cool looking pollution scarf as well. Oh, sad that we need those, huh? Well, yes and no. Like cycling tends to be on roads and roads tend to have vehicles and vehicles tend to have diesel oil. And these loyal, we now know, makes these really evil particulates. So, yeah. We all thought they did. <laughs> Whenever you saw the big plume of it, you're like, that can't be good for me, right? Yeah, shock horror. No, we know it isn't. <laughs> yeah, really. Who knew? All right, very cool. So that's it for the cycling. Uh, what are we going to go into next? Next, an update on health tech. And I think it's been literally years since I last spoke to you about this. Would have been when I was two years into my, you know, getting healthy kick. Right. Um, and you're still healthy, right? I am still healthy. I have maintained a steady weight for this is now, I think, my third year in a row at between 58 and 60 kilograms. Wow. That's a keeper. I say ping-ponging, you know, gently... Gently gliding up and down a little within that range, very slowly, never, never. You know, people have it under control when they complain about having put on two pounds. (laughs) 
You know, I've, I have no idea what that is in kilograms, but yeah, I'm sure that's true. In kilograms, um, that would be yeah, about a kilogram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's sort of I tend to move by a kilogram every three months or so. Sort of in that sort of between fifty-eight and sixty, just sort of very gently oscillating in there. <laughs> nice. So at the time, um, I had only two pieces of health tech. Um, the one I'd had the longest and the first one I bought that sort of convinced me that actually it's really nice to have your tech talk to your phone was a blood pressure monitor from a company that was that was then and is now called Withings, but has had a few changes of identity <laughs> between then and now. Um, and I think that was one of their first products. So it was a Bluetooth connected device uh, and it you, you used it through your phone. So you would it had one button, the on button. Um, you didn't even use the button to turn it off. It turned itself off when it was finished measuring your blood pressure. So you hit the on button and then that would pop up a thing in your iPhone that would say the Withings app would like to open and you'd go, okay. And then on the phone, you would control the blood pressure monitor. And so it looked like, so you know the way in the hospital you have the cuff and it's leading off to a thing on a trolley. Right. Well, imagine you take off the wire and then you strap a little cylinder to the cuff and that cylinder contains the batteries and has a button at the top. And then you have the original Withings blood pressure monitor. Okay. So it's just this weird disconnected cuff with a little cylinder on it. And you just put it around your arm, you hit the button, the phone fires up, you hit the button, it records, and then it saves your data into the Withings app. And the Withings app syncs with Apple Health. Therefore, your data goes everywhere you want it to go. You can share it with any other app through Apple Health's permission system. And I really like that blood pressure monitor a lot. And I don't know exactly when I bought it, but I know it's more than three years ago. Well, let's see. You um, talked about it. I just found the episode. It's actually one of uh, one of my many vacations when you did Nocilicast uh, number 621 in April of 2017. You were at least okay, talking you know, about it by had then. It for some time with that, yeah. Because I know I owned it before I bought the scale, which is the second bit of tech I talked to you about before. And I checked my receipts and I bought the scale Black Friday 2016. Ah. So that means the blood pressure monitor, I think, was also Black Friday because I'm very predictable, me. Oh. So it was either 2015 or 2014. Let's see. Pat Dengler talked about it in 2016. Interesting. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So it lasted until the Tuesday before Black Friday, and then it sprung a leak, and it wouldn't build up pressure anymore. Oh, it literally sprung oh. a leak. I'm picturing you know blood the way they were squirting out of it, up. the way you said that. Like, that would be weird. <laughs> no, no, no. There are air pressure in the cuffs. That's what the little lead is for. Um, so they use air pressure to constrict the blood flow and measure how much your body pushes back, and that tells you the blood right. pressure. And once they spring a leak how are you supposed to get a blood pressure measure, right? It doesn't work. And the poor little motor was trying desperately to build pressure. Oh. It was getting nowhere. That's so a good deal of time for a high-pressure device of that size to, to survive, I would yeah. think. Yeah, I didn't feel hard done by it. I didn't feel that the thing had let me down. I thought, you, you, sir, have served me well, but now it is time for a replacement. And my timing appears to be perfect because not only was it almost Black Friday, so I was able to get a really good deal, they have, Withings have just released the successor product to their blood pressure monitor, which is an all-in-one blood pressure, blood pressure ECG and stethoscope. Oh, huh. So, so this thing has the blood pressure cuff, as you'd expect, and then it has a metal pad that you rest against your chest and it listens. 
and it has a metal ring that you put your hand around, you know, your, your opposite hand to close the circuit to give you the ECG. So it's a single point ECG like the Apple Watch. Okay. So it has everything the old one had and more. So Wait, can I ask a question? In the, if, it's yeah. got, if it's got a plate you can put on your chest, why, mm-hmm. could, why doesn't it do it? And it's got the one for your arm, then you would think they could do a two lead ECG. Right, but the thing for your chest, actually, you put it on the side wall of your chest, so under your armpit is actually where it goes. Right. So it's so that means it's the same side of your body, so it's not actually across. Oh, I see. I think saying. to get a multi-point, you'd need, like, your opposite foot, I think. Or oh, something. and maybe, maybe you need uh, more than two to be considered single lead, because you have to close the circuit no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I recently was, was in the hospital because I stupidly hit my head. and No, actually, no, I was... No. The reason I had an ECG recently was because I was in for a sleep study. That was why. So hang on, those, yeah. Okay. And when you get a multi-point one, like there's all sorts of crossings. It's like your left leg to your right arm and your right leg to your left arm. I mean, and being male, they end up shaving big lumps out of your chest. Ugh. Very unpleasant. I've, I've uh, had one too. better than it's them pretty ripping it off afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, so... If you can imagine the old one, it was the, the cuff with the cylinder. This one is actually the same shape, but inside the cylinder is now this metal pad for touching your armpit. And um, the, bottom, the bottom third of the cylinder is metal instead of plastic. Hmm. And that's the, the electrode for grabbing onto with your opposite arm when it comes to the ECG part of the measurement. Oh. And the rest of it looks like plastic. It just looks like white plastic. But it's not. It's actually a touch-sensitive screen. Well, I say screen. Display is a better word for it. So, you know the way on the old MacBooks when they still had power lights, they were invisible until they were on? Right. Well, this thing has a very fine grid of hidden LEDs in there that give you a the ability to write to you. And the whole thing is touch-sensitive. Ah. So the UI is now on the side of the cylinder. Oh, that's Now, neat. there's still one... It is really neat. And there's, there's still one giant big button on the top, which is the wake button and the OK button. Uh, but instead of being Bluetooth, it's now Wi-Fi, which means you don't need your phone. So you can just grab the device, strap it around your arm, hit the wake up button. It'll say, hello, you know, ready to go. You hit the button again. It does the blood pressure measurement, which is just like before. You hear it pumping away. It does its thing. And then the display shows you a little arrow pointing at the metal bit, which means... It's time to move on from the blood pressure measurement to the other two and one. So you basically you put your arm against your arm, you move your arm down so that the thing is touching your chest and you grab onto the silver bit. And once you do, it gives a happy green light, does its measurement and um, takes a couple of seconds. While it's doing it, it actually shows you your heart trace on the display. You actually see a line with your heartbeat as it's doing its <laughs> measuring, which is really cool. And then when it's done... It gives you a reading, you know, so many, your blood pressure, your heart rate, and it gives you basically a status on the ECG normal. It's the only one I've seen. I've no idea what else it will say, but it, in my case, it says normal, which is nice of it. Yeah. Um, And then it displays the name that it's going to save the reading against and a vertical line. And if you swipe on the vertical line, you scroll between your configured names and guest. So if you choose guest, oh. it means it's not saved. So you can just give it to someone to take a reading, scroll it to guest, and then it's your measurements aren't messed up, which is actually oh, a really nice yeah. feature. Oh, yeah, that is have. neat. 
Let me uh, tell you one thing. I just uh, went to the link you put in the show notes to Withings, and they had a little video, mm. which I was just letting scroll while you were describing it. And they say there's three electrodes. Ah. Oh, oh wow. So it's even cleverer than I thought it was. Yeah. It just looks very simple, right? I don't know where the third one is, because, yeah, they show how you, you press the armpit one in, and then you reach across. Well, the fact is you're reaching across with the opposite arm, so that is going across. Right. But that's, so I don't know where the third one is. inside the cuff. Must be inside the cuff against your rib cage. And oh, the, that makes sense. The one you grab onto with the opposite arm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's really pretty. Makes it. I want it one. <laughs> well, and especially when you start to see the, the, the display appear out of nowhere. It, it's, it's almost like something out of Stargate, where these things that look like they don't, they're not displayed suddenly start displaying things. It's, it's really, really pretty. And when you're done, it gives this really happy little tick. An animated little tick, and then it powers itself off. It's it's very very pleasing. So, yeah, so you know, so that's the 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 BPM Core is the name of that product, and they actually still sell a cheaper, basic blood pressure only model, which is basically the one I've had for years, upgraded to be Wi-Fi rather than Bluetooth. By the and way, that's kind of it. I think this is not available in the U.S. I noticed uh, your link had. Uh, slash oh. withings.com slash ie slash en for english i think and i changed it to us yeah. and it said coming soon and now if i and, oh, wow. and stay informed and if i look at it on the withing site i do not have an option to yeah it says soon i guess it's a pen so obviously they got european regulatory approval first because these being medical devices these need to be yeah you know certified yeah that's interesting. So we're, no, we got sad. here you in got Europe me, first. Got me all excited. Well, I just realized in my show notes, I forgot to mention the second product I've owned for years is the Withings Scale, mm-hmm. which is the body composition scale. And I know I'm not the first in the Silicast away to talk about that. I've had that now since 2016. So it's now three years because I bought it on Black Friday. And 2016, yeah. And it continues to function perfectly it's only on its third set of batteries and it too is a wi-fi device so it doesn't need the phone either which is really magical because you step on the scales in the bathroom and by the time you get back to your room to you know pick up your phone and get started for the day you get a little push notification saying by the by you know you've had a your weight is constant thank you so you know the one thing i don't like about the withings is i it takes too long to take all the measurements so I check the weight and go, okay. well, I don't like that. And I get off. And so I, I don't You can actually... configure what it does. Sorry? You can configure what it does. If you go into the companion app, you can turn off the weather and some of the other silly things it does. Oh, so I could get it done faster. Maybe I would sit around and wait. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do know someone who went through a very stressful situation and they had, uh, they had a withing scale and uh, they noticed that their weight had dropped dramatically, like a lot, like 10 Ooh. pounds unintentionally. And and they started thinking about the, the stress they'd been under, but they went to the doctor anyway and they ended up, you know, taking a bunch of blood tests. And the doctor said, you know, I mean, that could be cancer. What, what's eating you that, you, you know, you didn't change your diet or anything. Yeah. And and what was good was the person was able to just show the the scale, you know, show the the rate of change going, well, this doesn't look right. Uh, so the doctor took right. it very seriously. It turned out to be nothing. As soon as the stressful situation was over, the person's weight came back up and they were fine. But it was it was it real. It could have been as easy as appetite suppression. What's that? It could have been as simple as appetite suppression. 
Maybe, maybe. The stress but, made them not eat, therefore they lost weight. I mean, it could well, be such a simple mechanism. Yeah, but the person did not notice that they were eating less, had not recognized that. Okay. But So anyway, it was, yeah, it was kind of yeah. interesting. And the one thing that I don't like about the, uh, the body fat uh, measurement is since it goes mm-hmm. just through your legs, I am God's mm-hmm. gift to low body mass. I mean, I am just fit <sighs> as, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked. And then if you take the same measurement with the hand things, I am not. <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. I, I thought I was doing really good because, you know, being a cyclist and a walker, I get really good body fat measurements, 10%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Try, try well, it. I've never done one. Yeah, I go into a drugstore and do the other one with the hands. That probably won't make me nearly as happy. Yeah, I was. I hadn't thought of that. I had it done at the gym with, with the uh, upper body. And it's like, yeah, you know, what I really, the worst would probably be if it went from one hand to one foot, because then it would go through my belly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not the one you want to see. Just never take that one. <laughs> That's probably the most accurate, but anyway. Yeah, I don't want to know that. So <laughs> that was all I was planning to. So I have the scale. I love the scale. It continues to function. I use it every single Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Exactly. So I get a consistent measurement. That's the key, right? Mm-hmm. You know, don't take it one day before your morning ablutions and, you know, a different day at a different time after your morning ablutions or your breakfast or whatever. You know, same day of the week in your cycle, same time of the day so that everything's the same. And then you get really good sensible measurements by the way here's a pro and tip just, run the shower real hot right before you take your weight it, it's <laughs> <lower>. <laughs> that's what i do mine take your contact lenses out i mean there's there's a lot to this i i, I do it first thing in the morning be, before i have my first drink so i've had a night worth of dehydration to make the numbers slightly better <laughs> nice nice there you go but it's consistent right and the thing is it's consistent so you know, I have one glass of water before bed because I have to take medication. So I know, you know, so it's very, very the same every week. And that means that it's real. And my graph is not over the place because of that. Right, right. So anyway, I, I continue to love the scale and I do not in any way change my mind on it. It rocks and it continues to function perfectly after three years of use. Oh, well, that's good. So all I was really planning on doing was buying the new blood pressure monitor. But it was Black Friday and they were offering good <laughs> deals and they make such nice things. So I ended up buying not just one sleep tracker, but two, because they offered a special offer for a, you know, a, a his and hers set or a his and his in my case. Um, So their sleep tracker isn't like something you wear. You don't instrument yourself. You instrument your bed. Huh. Okay. So it's it's a device, they call it a mat, and it it's a flat thing, which has a USB lead sticking out of one end. It comes with a mains power adapter, so you you plug this thing into the into the outlet, as you'd call it, the socket as we'd call it, and you put it under your mattress at chest height, so approximately where your chest will be when you're lying in bed. You put it there, it says, I will take 10 minutes to learn the weight of your mattress and get myself all adjusted, and then you never think about it ever again. Mm. And you get into bed, you sleep, you get up, you do your thing, and magically, over the power of Wi-Fi, it will communicate the results of its analysis every morning. Or, in fact, it will update it regularly. If you're foolish enough to check how you're sleeping while you're supposed to be sleeping, you can see your current progress. I don't recommend that. That's a terrible idea. Um, But I did do it once just to see. (laughs) 
because uh, I was curious how often will it you know how often will it update the results pretty darn often is the answer um, which is good actually so I'm not entirely sure everything in that mat but what it can tell me is the obvious stuff like when I went to bed and when I get out of bed that's a very easy measurement for it to take um, it can also figure out how long it takes me to fall asleep how often I wake up and which I'm afraid at my age being male, that means a few trips to the bathroom in the night. So I get to see how long they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't always remember them, which is obviously a sign that I don't wake (laughs) up very much as I stumble around the house. I do remember the Uh, one when I broke my toe. That one I remember. Ooh, Ooh. (laughs) yeah, I'd see how that would work. All right. Um, And it also can measure my heart rate, which I presume, I think what it's doing is, I think it has really good microphones is what I think its magic is. Because it's, touching the mattress and I'm touching the mattress and sound travels better through solid things than through air. So I think it's basically picking up every little vibration and that that's how it's measuring stuff because it knows how well you're breathing, what rate you're breathing, it knows your heart rate and it knows how many minutes a night you snore and it records a sample so you can hear how obnoxious or not your snoring is. Uh, So Bart, with your security hat on, you have a device in mm-hmm. your bed that has mm-hmm. microphones that are on all night long and it's connected to the mm-hmm. internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would only do it from a company I trust. So it is a tro- it is a now they're not all right, so they're not microphones they're not microphones in the traditional sense, but I'm sure you could understand talking because it Well it can record you snoring. Right, which is sort of low vibration y stuff that's kind of coming straight through uh, if I were to talk, since it's touching the bed, which is touching me, I think it'll work. But if I were to stand up, I don't think it picks up any of the room noise. Okay. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. So I think it's only if only, it's only picking up the vibrations bed. going through the mattress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so what? Uh, what do you know about within security practices that makes you trust them? I. I have slowly built up my trust in them over many years. They have yet to betray it. Okay. So it's it's more by many years of absence of, oh, look what these idiots are doing. Right. And any, t- any interaction I've had with the company, has always they've always answered any questions I've had in a way that makes me happy. And they have, you know, any of the, it's, they they sort they don't set off my ooh ick spidey sense. They they work off the whole model of, you know, these are premium products priced in such a way that they're making a profit without having to sell me in any way. And you they're very good about keeping their software patched. Good. There are a lot of software updates. Okay. So and firmware updates actually too. Um you tend to get those as well. And they they're all nice and automatic too, which is great. So I can't promise they don't do anything wrong because the only way I could do that would be to disassemble them and spend, you know, years reverse engineering. Sure, sure. but yeah. But okay. They, I yeah, they've had four years thing now. To ask, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I've been very slow to trust them, but after four years as a user, they haven't made me cranky yet. Good. Yeah. So um, I posted that sleep tracking was stupid. And Jill McKinley posted that sleep tracking wasn't stupid. Mm-hmm. And you remember why I said it was stupid was because it doesn't give you any information about what you can do about it. So what's your right. analysis of what you're learning? Okay, so I, a couple of points on that. So in my case, 
I right. So I have a history of sleep apnea. So in my case, I sort of know I, I'm not coming at it as someone with no history of actually, you know, being treated by a medical practitioner regarding sleep. So thanks. To, before I lost weight, I was having a sleep apnea episode. I believe it was 20 times an hour. I was Holy failing cow. to breathe. Failing yeah, to breathe. Good. Yeah, so basically sleep apnea means that your airway collapses and you basically don't breathe for, you know, 20, 30 seconds. And then you sort of... You know, all this happens while you're asleep, by the way. So all it does is freak people out who share a room with you. Yeah. And utterly ruin your sleep. So you, you, you sleep for eight hours and you wake up as if... As if you'd gone to bed and someone turned on an alarm 30 minutes later. Like, oh, that's how geez. you feel. Because you're just, you're not rested. And it wears you down and you get sick and every little thing that goes around you catch. It's really obnoxious. And so in my case, a, a significant contributing factor, and we didn't know how big it would be, was my weight. So as I lost weight, my sleep got better. Mm. And I recently had a final follow-on study where I am now down to zero oh. events per hour. No way. To zero. Yeah. To zero. Wow. The, the guy, look, the technician was looking at it going, yeah, if I were to round that, you know, unfriendly, I guess you had one event in the night. I was like, yeah. I said, so is that a problem? And he said, uh, no. Wow. <laughs> oh, how he fantastic. Said, you know, yeah, you, you don't, you're not even in the mile, like you're just, you do not have sleep apnea. You know, you, you are done with that, which is fantastic. Now, so what I want to do now is I want to get a sensor to capture this baseline. Oh, so if it and, ever changes, you would start to see it. Correct. So I don't really care how accurate it is compared to the amazing technology in the hospital. I just wanted to notice a change because I know I got to go back to hospital for a real sleep study if it changes. Oh, okay. I will accept that as valid. You know, and just the to, other thing, just right? The, the other argument I have, but you no, know, carry on. Oh, I was just going to say back on what you were talking about. Um, when you don't get sleep, the other side effects of getting sick and everything. You used to get sick a lot, and you don't oh, get yes, sick I very often everything. anymore. No, I used to be the guy in the hospital who was like a canary in the coal mine. Right? <laughs> if there was something going around, you knew it because Bart was out sick. Yeah. Now I'm the guy who's in all the time while everyone around him is out sick and I'm, yeah, my, I'll sniffle and I'll be cranky. But it won't take you well, down like it used to. It won't take me out. Yeah. yeah. Touch wood. Um, you know, the only, ironically, <laughs> the only time I end up taking sick leave now is to go into hospital for medical tests. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm convinced that's why that. people need to retire is it turns into a full-time job. Oh, it certainly does in, in Ireland because... Um, for various boring logistical reasons, going in for an overnight sleep study means checking into the hospital at noon and not getting discharged until noon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I won't go into the, the cranky-inducing nature of it all. Uh, but the other thing, right? So you also taught me, and it really made a difference in my losing weight, but, you know, if you want to change something, measure it. And what I know about myself is I'm supreme, supremely good at lying to myself. I am the master of alternative facts when it comes to my life. I was sure that I was obeying the wonderful sleep feature on the Apple, uh, on the iPhone, where it gives you a little notice saying when you should go to bed, and then it automatically puts your phone into do not disturb mode until your wakey up time, which I adore, by the way, as a feature. 
I was convinced I was obeying that and getting, I know I need six hours, right? Six hours is perfectly happy, Bart. Five hours is tolerable. And any less than that is cranky, Bart. That's that's how it works. Five hours is tolerable is what you think? I am, For me, in I am my I'm physically ill below seven hours. I mean, like... Yeah, in I ways see, I Cranky Bart describe. returns over over seven. If I if I try to stay in bed for more than seven hours, it, I actually feel worse. Six hours is like the absolute golden moment. So in an ideal world, I go to bed at one a.m. and I get up at actually no, it's six and a half. Sorry, uh, seven thirty wow. a.m. Hmm. And that's just like perfect. That is like bright eyed, bushy tailed. The world is my oyster. Perfect. That's why you get so much more done than I do. I just require too much sleep. I think I've told this before, but Steve and I used to play, I, I, I used to have rules with him called the rule of nine hours, which was he had to, on the weekends, he had to let me sleep nine hours or till 9 a.m., whichever was later. And one day, <laughs> and one day, so like if I went to bed at 10, he still couldn't wake me up until nine the next day. And so uh, one day he decided to see how long I would sleep. He gave up after Uh-oh. 12 hours and woke me up. Couldn't do it. I yeah. If I sleep for any longer than seven, I get cranky pants again. Interesting. Okay. So so now you've got this. You've got this thing. Yeah. You're good at lying. So I'm yourself. convinced. I am convinced. I am obeying my watch and going to bed when it says. <laughs> no. 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 I am not. I do it sometimes. I'm laughing because how many times have I texted you? Go to sleep, young man. Because you're texting me at like quarter to four in the morning. <laughs> So what I discovered is, well, I thought I did the right thing, say, four out of five days. <laughs> yeah, probably invert that. <laughs> so now I'm getting much better again because I'm measuring it and therefore I can see and I can change. And the other thing I've suspected for quite some time is that alcohol makes me not sleep well. Mm. And I can really see it clearly now. If I and I know and I, I never drink to excess. Like I will have a Belgian beer, which I guess counts as two normal beers, and that will do me for the night. And it is noticeable how much more restless I am when I go to bed after drinking. Oh, interesting. Huh. And the other one, which should come as no surprise to anyone, because we all know this academically. <laughs> drinking caffeine after eight PM is stupid. A lot of people can't drink it after noon, Bart. Oh, thank goodness I'm not one of those, or it'd be useless. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a programmer. I'm a machine for turning caffeine into code. <laughs> um, but I knew that academically, but now that I can see it, I'm getting a lot better about not having another coffee or another glass of Coke after dinner. Okay, so what about this sleep mat causes you to know that? Because it's measuring how rest, how, basically how much I am moving about and tossing and turning. And yeah, but how, how, did, long how did it know you drank coffee or alcohol? It doesn't. I know I drank coffee. So I know, I look at it in the morning. So in the morning, it gives you, it grades you on a grid of different metrics. And when you do things well, they go green. And when they don't go so good, they go orange or red. And on a night when I've had caffeine late... I will get a lower score where it's basically saying it took you longer to get to sleep. When you woke up to go pee, it took you longer to get back to sleep. When you were sleeping, you were tossing and turning more. I guess 
than on the nights when I don't. See, what bothers me about this, this is back to the corrective action, is is you're making, you've got something that's measuring results. So you're measuring, right. uh, like like a, a scale tells you how much you weigh, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell you why you got fat or got thin. It doesn't give you that information. No. But you have other tools you're using to record your caloric intake and your caloric output. But... Right. This doesn't come with anything like, how do you know that it was the caffeine that caused it, that it wasn't the call to your brother where he was very worried about something and that kept you awake? How do you know that's not what kept you awake that night? Ooh, I guess because you that doesn't happen every night, right? So you can, when you only have one confounding variable. So I, if I drink alcohol, it is only on a Friday. And I don't drink alcohol every Friday. So that one's really easy to tell from the noise. Okay, so you see a spike and downward on Fridays. The the Saturday morning results, if I is really noticeably different on the Fridays I do have a beer, and on the Fridays I don't have a beer. And in fact, I have a beer every second Friday because it's the days I don't record with you. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping you from your Belgian beer. Yeah, it's better this way. <laughs> Uh, but, but it's also more of a treat, frankly. You see what I'm saying, though? It, it seems to me like there should oh, yes. be some sort of logging mechanism of all the possible things. You know, were you looking at blue light screens or now they say blue light is good for you? I don't know. Uh, you know, what were all the contributing factors? And until right. you know what those contributing factors are, you don't really know what the answer is. You don't know what the what the root Fair. cause is. Fair. You, you do need to be a little careful. So I track everything I eat and drink anyway for for weight reasons. Right. So in terms of the food intake, that one I got covered, mm-hmm. and it all goes together into Apple Health, which is nice. But you you are right that I it is important to be careful not to conflate. I guess cod yourself, you know, lie to yourself. I guess. Yeah. But I'm I'm I was just two variables I was keeping an eye on because I I know I'm being naughty when I have a coffee. After eight o'clock. I know that. Right. But I do it anyway. <laughs> well, and that's fine as long as you know what the uh, the impact is, right? There's, there's Right. Choices. I knew the impact academically and now I see it in a graph form. And you know something? It's really quite noticeable that I do not sleep nearly as well with caffeine in my system as without. You know, shock horror, you know, <laughs> dog bites man. But there we go. <laughs> Blame Helma. It's all her fault. It's really good coffee. <laughs> so it's really good coffee. the uh, that's interesting. I I still think that until there's some sort of control loop available to people, um, I I don't remember if it was Jill or if it was somebody else. It must have been Jill who discovered that there was actually like her water softener was kicking off at two in the morning. Like she she noticed this wake up yeah. at the exact same time every night. And so she set an alarm to wake herself up to see what the hell is happening. Sorry, what the heck is happening, you know, at two in the morning. And it turned out it was her water softener or some other device. And so she changed the timing on it and got better sleep. That's the kind of thing that, that you know, that closed loop is what you really need. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, the, the main, main, main thing I want is to is is to notice change so that I know that I need to go back to my sleep specialist. Because right, right. At the moment, the arrangement I have... So basically, I'm now at the stage in my treatment where I used to go in for a yearly checkup, and now we have switched to, you make an appointment with us when you need us. Oh, good. How do I know when to do that? Right? So it's it's important that I, I have... I just want to see change. I don't need to understand the why. That's what the specialist is for. 
I just need to know I need to talk to the, to the specialist. Now, you might also look for things like the three in the morning thing, like what Jill found or whoever mm. it was said that. Uh, maybe, you know, Bob next door lets, right. lets his dog out every night at three in the morning and you didn't realize that's what's waking you up. I don't know how you're going to fix that, but yeah, yeah, I it mean, would be interesting to see. You're right, actually. Things. Yeah, so I've only had this for a couple of weeks and at the moment there's nothing really obvious like every morning at the same time. But if that were to start happening, I would see it and then I could, you know, set an alarm for my... Ironically, I could wake myself up to figure out what's waking <laughs> me up. But I like it, I like it. In any case, the metrics are fun, right? Got little graphs and everything. They, that sounds really... Cut. I kind of want one now. <laughs> I'm impressed. And because it's a mat that goes under the mattress... Um, you, you can actually, they're, they're intended to be used on both sides of a double bed. So you actually, they, they tell them in two packs so that if you're a couple, you can each have your own dedicated sensor underneath you. And so you actually, they are designed so that you can get reasonable measurements for two people sharing a bed, which is not true of like having your phone listen for tossing and turning from your nightstand, like a lot of the the, the more basic apps will do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I say it's instrumenting your bed rather than instrumenting you, which I thought was a very cool approach. And because it's your bed that's instrumented, you don't have to think about anything. You just fall into bed and drag yourself out of bed as you would. And the thing starts and stops and does everything automatically, right? That's, if it relied on me remembering, like a backup, it has to happen by itself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that one actually looks pretty cool. That's, that's sort of tempting. That is US $99, $99.95. Yeah, and you get a decent amount off if you buy two or two together. I think it's like $25 off the second one or something. Add a second device, get free shipping. That's all I get. Oh, free shipping. Okay. Yeah. Eh. Well, for, yeah, for me, it worked out. Actually, it was, of course, the Black Friday 30% off was helping a lot too. I, so while I was there, so I, I already had my cart loaded with a blood pressure monitor and two sleep mats. And then I finally went, well, look, it in for a penny, in for a pound, although quite a few pounds at this stage. So the last thing that's been making me cranky for years now, but I've never felt I could justify it on its own, is a digital thermometer. I am so fed up of having to find an alcohol wipe to clean the thermometer down, shove it under my tongue, wait till it goes beep, beep, (laughs) and then try to figure out whether or not that's a good number or a bad number. And then going on to Wikipedia going, what is the standard, what is normal body temperature? If taken orally, if taken, you know, subdexterally or whatever they call your armpit or the other one. So Withings do a digital thermometer and it reads the temperature of a vein in your forehead and you literally, and I didn't, I thought this was, I didn't believe it would be this before, but you literally, you put it in the middle of your head and you move it in a straight line at a constant speed till you meet your hairline and then it has a measurement for you. That's it. I had seen those. They they record a lower temperature, don't they? Uh, well, I don't know what calibration they do, but at the end of the day, the results I'm getting from it are the the same as what I what I'm used to getting when I go into hospital for tests. Which for me is my normal is thirty six point one Celsius hmm. is normal for me, and this thing gives me thirty six point one, thirty six point two. So whatever way it's calibrated, I get the same as the hospital gets. Okay, and I figure if, if that must be right then. Okay. <laughs> or at least appropriate. This looks really and so this thing really cool, Bart. Yeah, so this has the same UI as I described on the blood pressure monitor. So that flat surface is actually the display and touch interface. Really? Really. 
And so it will give you instructions, let you swipe between the different people or guests and tell you the reading all on that flat surface, which is, it just looks like a flat surface. But as I say, it has those little hidden LEDs under it to give you a little color readout of your temperature and instructions, etc. That's really, pretty, really nice. Pretty nifty. UI. It says Nokia still on it on the uh, on the screenshots I'm seeing on Amazon. So uh, that's their their mid time heritage, right? They were Withings and they were Nokia. Now they're Withings again. That is indeed their their weird history. The the Withings site itself hasn't branded as Withings, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the other thing that the one thing that used to make me mildly cranky about the Withings stuff was that when Nokia bought them. Nokia replaced the Withings app with the Nokia Health app, and the Nokia Health app sucked. Oh, yeah, now, it was awful. At no point did it ever go away again, but the Withings people have slowly and incrementally transformed it to being one of my absolute favorite apps. So it's gone from being one of the worst apps that almost made me throw out hardware I adore to an app that's way, way better written than Apple's Health app. It's still called HealthMate, right? It's still called HealthMate, so at no point did it become a new app that I had to change. It's just, it gets a software update, I think it's once a fortnight. It's regular, but not quite weekly. And every time they patch a little bit, they tweak a little bit, and they've been doing that for the last three years. And in that time, it was never a massive discontinuity, right? It never suddenly changed overnight. (laughs) But where they've ended up is a really nice app. Thank goodness. That's really cool. That's interesting. So you've got, uh, basically, you've got a uh, full set of sensors to measure everything about yourself, right? Yeah, and it all goes straight into Apple Health, which is where I want it to be. And the Withings app, because it's compatible with Apple Health, the Withings app, the HealthMate app can also read things out of Apple Health. So it actually reads my steps from my watch out of Apple Health. And so I actually end up looking at most of my stuff in the Withings app instead of Apple's app. But again, thanks to the magic of Apple Health, I choose what Withings is allowed to read and what Withings is allowed to write. And I let it read pretty much everything and write only its own stuff. And all the data flows seamlessly back and forth between all of my different things where I want it to flow. And it, it, it works really well. So that was going to be a question I was going to ask you offline was I brought up my uh, Withings HealthMate app. And one of the I was trying to take stuff off of that screen so I would get less mm. bored and let it finish the recording. Um, right, right. But uh, one of the things was steps. And I'm like, oh, come on, it's only going to show one. <laughs> the one where I stepped on the scale. But that's because it's pulling it from health. Right. Yes, exactly. So it, effectively, it's coming from your Apple Watch. Yeah, or your phone if you have that, if you just have the phone, right? Yeah, well, yeah basically, wherever you're reading your steps from, or I guess, I don't know if Fitbit integrated with Apple Health. I hope they do. Uh, yeah, but I mean, your phone, yeah, so your phone can do steps too, though. It can because, as for a very long time now, your iPhone has a a special chip in it for doing that. Since like right. the iPhone six or something, isn't right? It? Uh, yeah, I forget how far back. It's a long way back at this stage. It, it, it was a shiny new feature once. But so, it's, do you find you now old hat. do you find that you use the health app at all, or you're you're just saying because it floats through that that's fine? Uh, I don't use the health app unless I am. Unless I have a need to go in and change a permission or if I wa- want to like do an export to to was it CSV that it exports to for my doctor. Okay. 
Okay, because I was going to say, I think the health app sucks. <laughs> I just find, It does. Absolutely. I'm looking at it right now. I can't even figure out. It, it has one body fat percentage in my, uh, in my readings from December of 2017. And I've been looking this whole time. We've been talking for like the last two or three minutes to try to figure out why my withing scale isn't talking to it. <laughs> yeah, I read my health data through MyFitnessPal and HealthMate. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a way to do it. But it's good that it's there as the middle, the middle thing. It's a great database. Yeah, yeah. And it's being securely backed up and kept safe in both senses of the word safe. Yeah. If uh, it's not too personal to ask, have mm. you uh, signed up for any of the research studies uh, that Apple has on the on the phone now? If I were in the US and I were offered the chance to, I would have, ah. but I haven't, so I can't, so I haven't. Okay, okay. I went through and did, spent a whole bunch of time on the heart one, and then just the other day I looked and I've got, it says, oh, you've got like 12 more things you have to do that you didn't do yet. It's like, ah, sorry, seven more things I have to do. And that's just for the heart one. I think one. I would, particularly the heart one, I think I would do. But yeah. again, can't. Okay, well, when it comes to... To uh, Ireland, that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, very cool. I mean, I think, I, I, I think Europe as a whole, I think if they were to get certified for Europe, they'd get the whole EU at once. So I'm hoping they'll do that. Yeah, that would be a one fell swoop, right? Yeah. Well, this has been really interesting. It was a little all over the map, but it, uh, it got into the, uh, the, the different, two different tech things, bikes and bikes and health and bikes or health, right? But uh, they are related in the sense that one has resulted in the other. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, one, one is one is an input. One is the uh, measurement after the fact. So, well, this this yeah. is uh, this has been really fun. I uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we uh, took a, a week uh, took a session off of the hard stuff for you. Give you a little more free time, but the, you still brought us some content. I appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. I sort of saved them up because I like to talk to you about nerdy cool stuff. <laughs> I, I save them up for a while and then I give you a big. Here you go. All nerdy cool stuff. <laughs> All right. Now I'm anyway. trying to find out how you're going to sign out from this one. Yeah. You do, that's a really good point. Uh, stay healthy. I'm not sure what you're <laughs> supposed to do to stay healthy, but do. I'll tell you what, much easier one. Very best wishes for 2020, because I doubt you're going to hear this before Christmas, but I'm pretty sure you'll hear it before 2021. So <laughs> hopefully you have a fantastic and prosperous 2020. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSillaCastaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSillaCastaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed. <laughs>